0: Hello, and welcome back to Kenny Sports Guys podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Severo, and today I will be focusing on the financial curse of the Miami Martins. To put it mildly, the Martins you see in past seasons are merely drifting, except for this year. What happened with this organization? Who is responsible for this mess? Stay tuned. I am on social media at Twitter, Kenny underscore sports, and on Instagram at Kenny Sports Guys. the marlins the miami marlins this organization sometimes confused me this organization had the potential to be a powerhouse in baseball players like bobby bonilla jeff conai josh beckin are all in marlins lore so why did the marlins are considered to be the financial curse in baseball well a lot of things after the 1997 championship season The Marlins were plagued with financial problems with owner Wayne Huizenga at the helm. For those who don't know, Wayne Huizenga was the founder of AutoNation Waste Management Incorporated and was the co-owner of the much-beloved Blockbuster franchise. I really do miss Blockbuster. During his time of success, Huizenga wanted to try his hand at sports ownership. In 1990, Huizenga purchased 15% of the Miami Dolphins of the NFL. He remained the owner of the Dolphins until January 2009. In 1994, Huizenga was the first owner of sports to own three teams in three major sports, and the Dolphins, Marlins, and Panthers. The Dolphins and Marlins had some kind of success with the Dolphins making the play- playoffs in 1994, 95, and 99. The Marlins won the World Series in 1997. Remember those financial problems that plagued the Marlins? Well, it started to rear its ugly head. It actually began when Huizenga and then-General Manager Dave Dombrowski went on a $89 million spending spree in 1996 offseason. The Marlins straightened his pitching staff by luring Alex Fernandez to Miami and brought over Bobby Bonilla. Moises Alou reliever Dennis Cook and outfielders John Cangelosi. And Tim Eisenrich, ice, ice, ice with those moves, the Marlins made the playoffs for the first time in franchise history. They eventually won the World Series. Celebration was on for the Marlins and his fans. However, all that came to a screeching halt. The following offseason, when Haziga claimed a financial loss of $34 million running the Marlins. To offset this, the Marlins had to reduce or trade most of the Marlins' contributors, like Gary Sheffield, Charles Johnson, Kevin Brown, and others. With all those players gone, the Marners was only left with manager Jim Leland. The next season, 1998, the Marners went 54-108, and the first defending World Series champions to finish last in their division. To make things even worse, Huizenga sold the Marlins to comedy's trader John Henry for a mere $150 million and it's considered to be the worst move in modernist history. Eventually, Henry sold the modernist to eventually buy the Boston Red Sox to the modernist's worst nightmare, Jeffrey Loria. I'm just going to come out and say it. Jeffrey Loria is the worst owner in baseball and had no business owning two professional baseball teams. Let's look at the career of Jeffrey Loria. He was an art dealer who decided one day that he was going to own a baseball team. That day finally came in 1989, when he bought the Oklahoma City 89ers, a A affiliate of the Texas Rangers. The 89ers were doing well, winning the American Association Championship in 1992. Having big league aspirations, Laurier decided to sell the team the following year. In 1994, he put in a bid to buy the Baltimore Orioles, but lost to Peter Angelos. Laurier wasn't going to let this failure get in the way of owning a sports franchise. His day finally came in December 9th, 1999, when he bought a 24% share of the legendary Montreal Expos. Originally, he wanted to buy the entire team for then-owner Charles Ronfan. Laurier would not give up his pursuit and eventually gathered a group of people together to buy the Expos. You see, the Expos were in a bit of disarray. The team hasn't been doing so great, and attendance numbers have been on the decline. What does Laurier want to do? He wants to build a new stadium in the heart of downtown Montreal. Thanks to the government, Loria didn't get his dream stadium, and his dream of owning a major league team started to go to hell. Then something happened. Montreal's interest in baseball was starting to fade away due to poor baseball attendance. In an orchestrated move made by Buzz Sealy and Dan Martin's owner, John Henry, Loria sold the Expos to a partnership of the other 29 major league clubs for $120 million. The exports were eventually sold to the commissioner's office and originally wanted to contract the Wars and twins, but later that was canceled. Loria's dream was dead. Or is it? Like a phoenix rising from the ashes, Loria returns to owning a major league baseball team and buying the Florida Marlins on February 12, 2002. In his first year under his ownership, the Marlins went 79-83, fourth place in the NL East. Not good enough for L'Oreal. The Marlins pulled off some blockbuster moves during the offseason. Here are some of the moves. Marlins trade, traded Charles Johnson, Pablo Ozan, Victor Darrensburg, and Preston Wilson to the Colorado Rockies for Juan Pierre, Mike Hampton, and Cash. Mike Hampton was flipped to the Atlanta Braves a few days later. They signed Todd, Todd Hollinsworth as a free agent, signed future Hall of Famer Yvonne Rodriguez, and had an up-and-coming pitcher in Josh Beckett. The Marlins won 91 games, good enough for a card berth. They faced the Giants in the National League Division Series, where the series ended with Jeff Conine throwing out JT Snow at home plate. Loria was just one series away from the World Series. In the way are the Chicago Cubs, a team that was on the verge of destiny. A team that wanted to end its championship drought. You guys already know the story of how this series ends. If you don't, two words. Steve Bartman. And blowing the 3-1 series lead. Sorry, Cubs fans. Loria was, fi- was ecstatic. Finally made-, made it to the big time and in the way on the mighty New York Yankees. Oh my God, they did it. Jeffrey Loria finally has his World Series ring. This will be the beginning of the end for the Marlins. After the 2003 championship, things started to take a dive for the worse. After a disappointing season, the Marlins decided to change things up. In 2012, the Marlins moved into their shiny new stadium in downtown Miami. After sharing their stadium with the NFL's Dolphins, the Marlins finally had a stadium to call their own. However, there was a slight problem. Back in 2009, Miami-Dade County came to an agreement with L'Oreal to build Marlins Park, turns out that the Marlins breached their contract and failed to provide the county with the detailed information regarding the county's equity share. Long story short, Loria basically fleeced the good people of Miami-Dade County by having them pay for the stadium. How did the people of Miami-Dade react to this news? By not going to games. For whatever reason, baseball in Florida doesn't work. Ask the people in Tampa. Low attendance are to blame, and the 2012 season was supposed to add more meat in the seats. But, well, you know. Coming out of the 2011 offseason, the Marlins decided to go all in on their roster. They signed Jose Reyes, Mark Burley, and Heath Bell. They also traded for Carlos Zabrano and Greg Dobbs. The Marlins were considered to be the favorites to win the World Series and the National League East. Not only new people on the team, the Marlins have decided to change their team name to the Miami Marlins and change their color scheme. Gone are the white and teal colors, are in the orange and white. Marlins also changed their classic Marlins logo to a colorful M. Kind of a ugly design, but it fits the city. So the Miami Marlins were set. Will they win the World Series? The answer is a quick no. The Marnas went 63-93 and failed to make the playoffs for the ninth straight year. In 2017, Loria had enough of the Marnas, so he decided to sell the team, led by a group featuring Hall of Famer Derek Jeter. And it looked like the Marnas are on the right track towards success. To put it mildly, the Marnas are literally rebuilding for the ground up. Sadly, the year before, Marnas' great Jose Fernandez died during the 2016 season, and you can say that his death unintentionally helped the Marlins rebuild. After the death of Fernandez, the Marlins started to blow up their roster. First on the list, Giancarlo Stanton. The former Major League MVP signed a 13-year, $325 million contract in the 2017 season. However, when Derry Jeter bought the team, it was inevitable that he would leave the Marlins. Because of his albatross of a contract, there was no way the Marlins could keep him. So where to trade him? The only team that could take on in his contract is the New York Yankees. Who do, they, who do you think won this trade? The Marlins were not done. After trading for Stanton, future MVP named Christian Gellick didn't appreciate being on the trading block. What did Miami do? Traded him to the Milwaukee Brewers, where he eventually won the 2018 NL MVP. Who is next on the list? Marcel Azuna? He's a bum. Let's trade him to the Cardinals where he will excel. The last person on the list, JT Realmuto, He has no future in baseball. Let's trade him to our rival Phillies where he becomes the best catcher at all of baseball, according to MLB Networks' The Shredder. The end of the Marners franchise has arrived. Or is it? The Marners have a lot of nice pieces when they trade away their set of pieces. They did acquire Lewis Bronson the yellow trade, and is considered to be one of the best prospects in baseball. They also acquired former Orioles great John DeViar and slugger Nelson Aguilar. They have the young talent to take over the NL East and possibly win the World Series. So there you have it, the lost organization of the Miami Marlins. The Marlins have had so many money problems throughout their existence. This team accidentally won two World Series, with two of the worst owners in baseball in Hyzenga and Loria. They had the potential to be something special, but it's like what Biggie Small says, more money, more problems. Sadly, I would have to put the blame on the owners who thought that it was such a good idea to put a baseball team in South Florida. Miami, out of all Florida, has been known not to support their teams. Just look at the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays haven't been drawing the fans, but they have been good for the last five years, even making the World Series this year. Maybe it's because they need a new stadium. As for the Marlins, well, they stripped the entire roster for young and -and up-and-coming players with veterans like Aguilar and Villar. Will Jeter finally sort out the Marlins? Only time will tell. Well, that is the end of my time. Thank you for listening, and until the next episode, see ya.